welcome back to the Sneaker Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Brian, and each week, my brother Nacho and I sit down with a guest, and we geek out on sneakers that we used to wear back in the day, sneakers in the current rotation, and basically, we discuss all things related to sneakers. So if you're into sneakers, you've come to the right place. We also interview guests who are in the sneaker industry here on the show, and for this week's guest, we have Dehan Pralika, the CEO and founder of Soul Savvy. And maybe you've been seeing Soul Savvy all over your Twitter feed, Instagram feed, wherever it is you get your sneaker content. Uh, we talk about how he even came to start Soul Savvy, and just we talk about him being a sneakerhead. We talk sneakers with him. I think it's a conversation you guys are really going to enjoy. But before we do that, as is tradition here on the show, we're going to be doing Wear One, Remake One, Erase One, which is a part of our intro segment here on the podcast. Um, if you've never played Wear One, Remake One, Erase One, I explain the rules of that later. And if you want to just skip to the interview, I'll put it in the show notes. But I do recommend that you stick around because Wear One, Remake One, Erase One is probably the best part of the podcast. At least that's what I'm the feed, from the feedback that I'm getting from you guys. You guys really enjoy it. Um, so without further ado, oh, real quick. Uh, for this segment of Wear One, Remake One, Erase One, unfortunately Nacho wasn't available because we recorded this on right before Mother's Day and uh, he had plans to go out of town with his wifey and unfortunately we couldn't just make it happen. So yeah, so he was out of town and he wasn't here, but I have my friend Q on the show. His name is Q. Q was on the show. Um, he's a good friend of mine. He's an OG sneakerhead. He's very knowledgeable. We had a, I had a really, really awesome time talking to him. Um, if you guys want to hear him again, just let us know and, and we'll have him back on the show. Uh, but yeah, we had him on. I just had to let you guys know that's who he is. My friend Q, OG sneakerhead. Uh, but without further ado, guys, let's turn our attention to where one remake one erase one. Wear one, remake one, erase one, dad edition. Um, if this is your first time here and you've never uh, played wear one, remake one, erase one, the rules are very simple. We post a graphic every week in our Facebook group, Sneaker Enthusiasts, is the same name as the podcast, um, of three sneakers. And this week we are doing the uh, Club C85 in the vintage chalk white. We are doing the uh, New Balance 992 in the, and, of course, the classic gray uh, New Balance color. And then we're doing the Nike Monarch uh, fours in the navy and white, and just you know the classic monarchs that everybody knows. Um, oh, uh, I'm sorry, ahead, ahead. No, not to interrupt. Can we talk about why we we posted this? Oh yeah, hundred okay. percent. Go cool. ahead. So afterward, you, no, you you talk about it. Talk about it. How did okay, it go so, down? How did uh, it go down? Okay, so apparently uh, the Jordan 11s was it? Is, yeah, is now considered a dad shoe. <laughs> which to me i can understand why based on based on 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 what um the general consensus of what a dad shoe is considering how um generations evolve uh i can see why the jordan 11 can be considered a dad shoe but having worn the og concords so many years ago when i was a teenager uh, and the aspect of, of comfortability and, and, and no frills aspect of what a dad shoe is uh -huh. makes me not think the Jordan 11 is a dad shoe. But I can understand why, because so many people who are, are grown up now who have families wear Jordan 11s. But Yo, that's crazy. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's becoming like, I mean, dude, we're getting older and, um, but you know, it's still a hit with the younger crowd too. But that that is funny that people are now calling that. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, 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 
the Jordan 11 is comfortable. I think if, if comfortability and no frills are, are the main aspects of what a dad shoe is, I don't think the Jordan 11 constitutes a dad shoe, even though uh, males who are growing up who have families now who are in their you know uh, mid-30s uh, to early 40s mm-hmm. might be wearing them. But that alone does not say that it's a dad shoe for me. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Because I, I, yeah, I'm in my 40s. And I don't have a pair of, you know, Jordan 11s in my collection as of this moment. So, well, I mean, you're also not a dad yet. So, not yet. Yeah, that, that is true. I have no kids. But we'll, we'll we'll get into that here in in our in our little segment here of where one remake one erase one our big segment segment our smash hit segment. Uh, <laughs> what the what the people listen for, um, the 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 good stuff. This is the appetizer before the meal. The uh, <laughs> The little segment before the interview. By the way, I'm gonna put um, timestamps in the uh, in the description or in the show notes, so that way you, if you don't, if you're just here to listen to the interview, you can just click to it. But uh, yeah, now let's get into. Uh, oh, by the way, if you want to play Wear One, Remake One, Erase One, you have to be a part of the Sneaker Enthusiast Group. Um, it is a closed group right now, but if you would like to join, just email us at nachoaveragefinds at gmail That's nacho, like nacho cheese. The word average finds f i n d s at gmail.com and I will send you back an invite link. And as long as you answer all the questions and you don't have, as long as you have like a real profile, and you're not a weirdo. Uh, we will add you to the group. Uh, we also posted it on Instagram this time just to see what would happen, and we had a, some great responses. So we'll get into that. Uh, it is now time to play wear one, remake one, erase one. So Lucas Lorman writes in from the Facebook group. He says that for sure he would erase those Reeboks. I know they're a classic, but so boring in my opinion. Uh, he, he said, stick with Adidas Gazelles and Suede. He said he would remake the Monarch with a bigger visible air unit and a darker colorway with more reflective accents just to hype it up a little more. The Monarch is so close to being a hype shoe, just needs an extra bling. And then he said he would wear the 992 as they are pure quality, both in materials and comfort. He says that the Monarch... <laughs> A couple of years ago, it was pretty hyped. Like there were some collabs behind it, and I felt like um, it was it was just ironic to wear. And um, what 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 do you think about that, Q? I, there was a post on Hypebeast uh, not too long ago. I would say a couple of months ago, where they showed a monarch with um, the non traditional blue white colorway. It was it was green with gum soles, and I think that is the way to go as far as demographics are concerned because a lot of uh, males who are in, you know, like I said, their younger 30s or, you know, early 40s who have, you know, starting a family, they they want vibrancy. They don't want the old normalcy. And I think uh, what I was going to say is that I, I, I think for me personally, um, the shoe that I would remake is a New Balance because even though gray, as far as New Balance is concerned, is a classic, you know, um, I think if you want to grow with the demographic um, that's currently available right now, you know, a lot of young males who are starting families want more vibrancy. And I think um, the gray, even though it's ubiquitous with um, New Balance, as far as history is concerned, um, is dull. And I think I would change the New Balance. I would I would throw a lot more, you know, different materials. Uh, well, well, let me rephrase that. I would, the materials were never a concern. It's just the color that I come with. And it, that, to me, I would change. Yeah, the color is definitely um, just like classic dad, like dad shoe. Yeah. It's like the yeah. dad shoe. Um, but it's, you know, if you've ever had put on a pair of, 
of anything from the 99 series, you know about the quality and the comfort and the materials that New Balance um, brings to the table there. So shout out to Lucas uh, for writing in. Um, he also has an awesome group called NZ Kicks Chat. Check it out. It's also a YouTube channel. Um, thanks for writing in, bro. Visions of Pharaoh on Instagram writes in. He said he would wear the New Balance. He would remake the Clubsy and destroy the Monarchs. Not because it's trash. Because there are so many Nikes with those tech features. It will it will live on spiritually in the pantheon of Nike dad shoes. I I I agree with his erasing of the Monarchs. Uh, but not to why. Um, I think the monarch should be destroyed because uh, you know it's 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 a struggle of generations. The monarchs are gone. I think there needs to be an, a, a new pantheon of statues, considering uh, the amount of people who are young enough um, that have families. Yeah, and you know, speaking of pantheon I, I, of statues, I know it's not Nike, but. It's looking like the Jordan 11 lows are going yeah, that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I I think for me personally, I never really considered Monarchs to be bad shoes. I always thought they were like football coach shoes more than anything, just because you would see a lot more, you know, NFL football coaches wearing Monarchs than you would see uh, someone, some dad mowing their lawn with Monarchs. Yeah, the Bill Belichick's. Yeah, <laughs> the Bill <laughs> Belichick's. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with them. Destroy the monarchs because if there's going to be a new school of fatherhood uh, that are sneakerheads, the monarch needs to go. I think. Um, not that that's not my endorsement of the Jordan Elevens, but it is my endorsement of uh, a new school coming into um, you know their rightful place in you know generational standards. I like that, bro. I like that take. So shout out to Visions of Pharaoh for writing in on Instagram. Bouncing back over to the Sneaker Enthusiast Facebook group, Domingo Raigo writes in. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, my apologies. Uh, he said he would wear the New Balance 992. He would remake the Monarchs. Uh, he said he would collab with Travis or Virgil as a test for the hype beasts. <laughs> and he said he would erase the Reeboks, Ugh, which I hate to hear, man, because I love those Reeboks. Um, it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be in that vintage chalk colorway. I like them in any colorway. I think the Reebok Club C, especially that that 1985 uh, shape, is an underrated shoe, um, and it's classic and will outlive. I, I think it'll outlive both of these shoes. The 992 is having a, a great couple of years. It is, but I, it, people used to hate it. Bro. It, it wasn't as big as it is now. I, I don't know. I can't say for sure just because I can't look too far in the future considering where Reebok stands at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I I think as far as like uh, patent pedigree brands with classic silhouettes, Reebok and their Club C is, you know, hands down, they're like Stan Smith or superstars. Yeah. You know, uh, or, or, or something or other, you know, uh, I just think that uh, Reebok and their Club C's, as far as comfortability is concerned, uh, needs to do just a little bit better, maybe. Maybe they should take a, a, a point with uh, Nike and implement different soles for it and still maintain its its classicness yeah. um, with a little bit of, of advancement with their soles. But um, I, I, I generally think of Club C's as no more or no less than similar to like, you know, Adidas and Stan Smith's or superstars, you know, um, not something that you want to walk around in for long durations, but it's cool enough and comfortable enough 
you know, for non-frills type of stuff. Yeah, my brother Nachos had had tons of pairs of some club seeds. I think I've had one pair, um, but yeah, I think you I've know, never the, I've never owned one. You know, you should. They're they're dope. You should get uh, some Reeboks, some, some yeah, more Reeboks. Some, some, some funny with Reebok, uh, the class silhouettes. I I don't own much of but their newer tech as far as comfortability is concerned with their runners like the zig connect uh that is probably one of the most comfortable shoes that i own right now i remember trying them on they're they're hella comfortable oh, yeah yeah the uh, a life ones they yeah. are very super comfortable and uh i just think all of uh reebok's old stuff is is i mean obviously not comparable to comfortability yeah and you know what? I was just thinking about it. The, you know, you, you know, Jound, the brand Jound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That they've all. I, th- I believe they've done a nine nine two, and they've done a Reebok Club yes. C. Yeah. Um, they've they've done both of those. So. But funnily enough, uh, Jound's uh, New Balances caught more hype than their Club C's. Really? Yeah. That 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 is the way that I saw it. I mean, they each probably go for thousands. So. Could be, but I, I don't think so much so for the club seats. I, th- I think because New Balance has just a little bit more weight uh, and functionality as far as dashers are concerned, yeah. that uh, that their collaboration with the club seats kind of like were the scraps end of it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. No, that's a good point. And shout out to Domingo for for writing in. Appreciate it, man. So the homie Tony Ice writes in, and he and he often writes in, and he said that he was going to pass on all these these this week. He he didn't like any of them, and I told him, Nah, it's supposed to be tough. <laughs> you got to make sacrifices here. So he said, hey, All right, I'll yeah. join it. What's up? What were you going to say? No, 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 I agree. It's like I there are some times where I've seen like, uh, you know, the post on the secret enthusiast where it's like, Yeah, I don't like none of this at all. Yeah, uh, but just to play by the rules, you know, it makes it interesting. Uh, I'm trying to make it to where, like, I don't know, it's hard. I, I want to make, I, I'm thinking we're going to do like classics. Like, it's going to be like an Air Force One, a Dunk, a Jordan One. I wanted to make it like difficult for people. Uh, that's when it starts to get interesting. But yeah. Oh, it's pretty easy for me. Trash of Air Force One. <laughs> I shut up. I have, <laughs> by the way, I have you saved as, so people, just so people know, I have him saved as Q, the Air Force One hater. Because he knows uh, that and, Air Force One is my all-time favorite shoe. Yes, and and just to be official, I have him on my contacts as the Air Force One stand. That's me, and I'm proud yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, but let's get back to Tony here. Um, I forced him to play um, just because he always has a good take. He said he would wear the Reeboks. The shoe really took off in the UK a couple years back, so he would wear those Club C's. So shout out to Tony. Uh, he said he would remake the Nike. Uh, I mean, I could totally rock them. I just needed to be some. I need them to be some crazy color that no dad would be seen, like, so like neon pink maybe. And then he would said he would erase the New Balances. Nothing wrong with them. Um, just isn't gray boring. So, uh, he that's a very interesting take there, man. Um, he said that he would wear the Reeboks. He would he remake the Nikes, and and he he was kind of speaking to the same thing that you were speaking to, which is making a, a more colorways of the shoe, making them bright pink, lime green, adding as a gum sole. Like who knows, man, where we could go with, it. I feel like that might, that, 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 that's, that's on the, uh, on the horizon here for Nike in the future. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with them just because you can't expect someone who is, you know, a toddler now, like right now who is a toddler to grow up and have a family and still consider 
what we consider dad shoes to be dad shoes when he's a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me personally, I think uh, for myself, the ZX line for Adidas is my dad shoe because one, it, it's super comfortable. Um, uh, as a silhouette, it's no frills. Uh, but what Adidas has done to the ZX lines through, you know, the early to mid nineties, uh, up until now, you know, you have had some basic ZXs and some pretty vibrant ones. And I think, uh, for me, if I were to have a kid, you know, in the next couple of months or whatnot, or the next year, the ZX will be my personal dad shoe, just because I'm, I, I know the shoe I'm fond of the shoe. I yeah. know how comfortable it is, you know? Um, so I, I, I think, yeah, you know. Uh, tastes will change and I think destroy, you know, the, the standard is what I say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I would agree there, Tony. Thanks for the, uh, for the interesting take on, on this week's wear one remake when he race one. So Robert Brown writes in shout out to Robert Brown. He's always, uh, always, he actually sent me a really cool vintage Adidas torsion poster. So thank you, Robert. He said he would wear the new balance 992s. It's a cool walking shoe. Very comfortable. He said he would remake the Nike 4s, and I'm starting to see a pattern here, um, and this isn't what, what Robert wrote, but he said that he would use patent leather, uh, use a rubber sole, and colors that could pop a bit. <laughs> so that's everybody's saying that they would they would remake that Nike Monarch, which is surprising to me. Uh, yeah, he, said, I, I, he said that he would re, uh, erase the Reeboks, obviously. He says it's too drywall. Not a fan, I, of, the, I, not a fan of that, <laughs> Robert. You know I love I, that Reebok. I, <laughs> I can agree with that, and I can agree with the with the seemingly consensus of uh, redesigning um, the monarchs for a new gen- newer generation, but I just think that I, I am no fan of pen leather at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I yeah, me I, either. I hate that yeah. on my shoe. Yeah, uh, other than my Kiko Asics that I have somewhere in the background up there, which is about ninety-seven percent uh, patent leather, there is, and for me, it has to be done right. You know, like you can't just throw pan leather on everything and say, oh, here's a shoe and expect people to like it. I, I, I think uh, for something of that unique of material, it has to be done right. And I think uh, those and, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the Concords where there's just the right amount of pan leather to where it looks classy. Uh, it makes sense to me. Um, but just like throwing pan leather on everything. Uh, just because I hate it. Yeah. I have no fan of it. Me neither. I think it's a bad look. Um, it just makes it look like fakes to me. I don't know why. Uh, it's, it's not that it, it makes it looks fake. Uh, it, it, uh, it just comes off as rugged and too hard for what the actual shoe should be. You know what I mean? You, you throw on some, uh, you usually see pan leather boots in like either a, a boot form or a military boot form. And so you think rigid, very rugged, uh, non, uh, hard to destroy. Um, and I think sneakers is just the polar opposite of what patent leather is. Uh, sneakers are supposed to meant uh, to be comfortable, uh, uh, elastic, you know, uh, moldable, I guess, uh, to how yeah. your feet walks or, or, and, or, and the, the reason, and just to like, I think the, I wouldn't, I don't know if it was the first time this was seen on the shoe. Um, but this the Jordan 11s with the patent leather mud guard is actually an innovation in technology. Uh, Tinker, ha- Tinker Hatfield put that on there because uh, Michael Michael Jordan's foot kept um, like he noticed when he would play and he would pivot his foot 
it would like kind of his his foot would like kind of a uh, bend over the uh mm-hmm. the uh the cup sole or the mm-hmm. sole of the shoe so the, that's what that patent leather was for um so it does have its use um but in terms of just like yeah blasting a shoe in patent leather <laughs> yeah it's no. definitely not my style some people love no. that though by the way so, and you know, oh yeah shout out to those people but I, not me yeah when i think of patent leather i think of either one of two things one is military boots and two the mid 90s phase of housers wearing patent leather boots everything <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't and paying then, attention back then but that's yeah, funny yeah and, and that's not a time that i want to re- revisit as far as like style is concerned uh, in that aspect well, shout out to uh, shout out to to Robert for writing in, man. All right, let's do one more. So China Honey from Instagram writes in, and this is all she's got to say. She said, "I've got to represent where the monarchs as is," and she put like six exclamation points. So shout out to China Honey. I just wanted to show you love, just because you're like one of the only people who said they would rock the monarchs. Um, you didn't you didn't play the game correctly though. You broke the rules. You're supposed to do a wear one, remake one, erase one. You're just saying that you would wear one. No, but all I, chips in the monarch. But shout out, shout out to China Honey for the uh, for the enthusiasm. She's a real sneaker enthusiast. So over from the Instagram post, Christian Kyler writes in. He said he would, oh, and that's Christian dot Kyler. Just in, I don't know. Some people are weird about their Instagram handles. They want the clout. So <laughs> Christian dot Kyler. Uh, he said that he would wear the nine nine twos, comfortable, not overplayed, uh, casual flex. He would remake the Club C, so he's not trashing the Club C. So shout out to him. Yeah. He said he said it's a cool silhouette, um, but it's an outdated design. And he said he would remake it with modern technology. Uh, yeah. He said he would erase the Monarchs out of all the dad shoes. These just seem unimaginative and seem to be much less comfortable than other dad shoes. Uh, by the way, Q, have have you have you worn a pair of Monarchs before? No, never. Just because uh, it's pretty basic. Uh, like I said, it's 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 almost as no frills as New Balance's Nine Nine Twos, and I think that's the problem. Just because you could do so much more with the Monarchs, um, maybe in a decade or two, people will just forget about the Monarchs, and it will be a fad, you know, when we're in our eighties or whatnot, and then we'll be like, huh? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, what's cute? How do you feel about the Club C with an Adidas boost sole or with like uh, maybe like, I don't know, like exposed hexalite windows or something like that? On the I, I think, Club yeah, C? I, I, I think uh, it'll be too much uh, because you want to keep, for me personally, I think you want to keep the aspect of the classicness of uh, the Club C. So and it would have to be subtle, like, you know, with Nike's uh, Jordan 1, you know, Comfort, whatever, CF, CPFM? Oh, or, yeah, I remember those, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it has to be, like, uh, very subtle. It has to be new technology that you don't know is the technology. Um, so I think in that aspect, if they do Hexalite or maybe Boost that isn't uh, – that you can't really tell that it's boost or new technologies in the shoe, I think it would make a lot of sense because you want to maintain um, some semblance of history with a classic silhouette, such as uh, the Club C. Uh, I, I find if they find if they do a Club C with like straight on boost sole, that would just be a total turn off for me because it's like, where are you going with this? Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, and by the way, before anybody, well, actually, 
you know, in the YouTube on the YouTube channel, I'm used to people just berating me in the comments when I say something stupid or something. They're like, oh, bro, you didn't get your facts right. Uh, before anybody emails me or finds me in the group and is like, yo, dude, come on, man. Why would you put Boost on Reebok? It Boost is Boost is Adidas. For those of you who don't know, Adidas owns Reebok. So, haha, I got you there. And shout out to Q for uh, for joining us this week. I appreciate you doing this, bro. I appreciate you. Hey, man, any, anytime. People, anytime. people watching right now don't realize that it's 1 a.m. right now. No, it is. And I'm, yes, it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. We just we both just got home from our day jobs and uh and we're 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 putting in work right now because tomorrow's Mother's Day and we're gonna reserve that day for the mothers. Um actually you're probably gonna be listening to this on Mother's Day if you're <laughs> if you're still gonna be listening to our podcast on Mother's Day. If you're not, whatever. I just don't want to miss an upload. Um and that's why we're grinding late into the night. Um let's turn our attention now to our interview with Dehan Pralika, CEO and founder of Soul Savvy. I think you guys are gonna enjoy this one. Uh, see you guys at the end of this. But we'll get into it. So you're the CEO and co-founder of Soul Savvy, um, which I've recently become aware of and I've seen everywhere in my in my feed, whether it's an ad, whether it's a story, you know, whatever. And it's pretty dope. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, it's, it's like a it's a red. So sometimes I get it confused with nice kicks and I'm like, well, is this nice kicks? Or is this? Oh, this is Soul Savvy. That's right. The, um, the I would say the red branding should be unique to us, but it's not. It's the color red. Everyone's dabbling in the color red right now. Everybody goes, yeah. It's I mean, but still, it's still it's effective. But I love I'm loving the stories. The stories are, I love it. I, it's like it's like sneaker news in like five seconds for me. You know, I don't gotta like I'm a headline reader anyway. So, but uh, I know you started that, and we're gonna get into that. But um, and I know like some of the podcasts that you go on, they're like more like businessy, yeah. podcasts, the sneaker podcast. And I know that you're a sneakerhead, and, oh. uh, and you've been into sneakers for a long time. So why don't you take us back to, um, to, to that? Like when you started getting into sneakers, maybe even further back, like, you know, growing up as a kid, like what kind of kid were you? What did your parents do? And, and, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, um, you know, I, I played high school basketball. Um, I played at, uh, Terry Fox secondary, which I think for a lot of Canadians, Terry Fox, they know who that is. A lot of Americans might not, but uh, just a very important person. He, he ran uh, across Canada for, to raise money for, for cancer research. Um, obviously people around Canada, they, they run in his honor every year. So I played at high school. Um, we were sponsored by Nike. I remember my, my parents are immigrants. I'm an immigrant, obviously. Um, we didn't have money for shoes in, well, in high school. From where were your parents from? Uh, Serbia. Serbia. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, we wouldn't, we, they would never, we didn't have money for shoes. That was just insane to spend money on shoes. So we got a, uh, the, you know, Nike sponsoring us. We got our own sneakers. I still have that shoe to this day. It was a pair of Nike shocks, black and red. Um, but that was like my first sneaker, um, Uh that I remember growing up from. And obviously again, you know, I didn't really get into sneakers until I had my own money and I was a little bit older and that was like being 20, 21, which, leads into the rest of my my sneaker career but that's kind of like the earliest sneaker memory um that i have yeah the nike shocks with the was it the it had the the red shocks and it was like a black upper yeah but it wasn't like the standard bb shocks it was it was yeah it was like black leather and it was just the red shocks but i don't remember the model i guess i should look it up and um they're in my garage i don't treat them that well i guess <laughs> um but i do i i know exactly if you showed me a picture of them i know what they would what they are and i should look up the 
the style code on the tongue tag just to kind of brief myself on them instead of just describing them and know exactly what the hell they are. Can you remember them being uncomfortable? <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. I no. was just so happy. And I wasn't like, you know, I'm not you a paying attention, a, yeah. I'm not a, you know, cut to the basket dunk type of guy. I was like, you'll drift out to the three and, and hit a shot. Like I wasn't challenged. I wasn't putting those shoes through the ringer or anything like that. Nacho, do you did you did you ever have a pair of shocks or did they ever make you try them on mm -hmm. at a, at those stores? That, what was that store that had the half court in town? Where they let uh, you? Just, it was a, it was called Just for Feet. Just for Feet. Uh, they, yeah, and they used to have a half court in there. No, um, I never wore a pair of shocks. Actually, I remember seeing them on feet, and I didn't like them. They look weird, you know. It's like to me, like just that. Those springs on them, just I, I was never really a big, huge fan. But I remember seeing one of my classmates in class with them, and, and they look really weird and funky. But um, at the time, I was a huge Nike Air guy, and I was like, what is these springs? I don't know. They look like really orthopedic to me, in yeah. a sense. So it just wasn't for me. Well, I, I just remember, I mean, those commercials, um, mm -hmm. I forget what years they were from, but like, fuck. I loved, I loved the old Nike shocks commercials, commercials. They like oh, yeah. are ingrained in me. Um, it's yeah. I, I don't care how uncomfortable shocks are. Jordan ones aren't comfortable. We're shit. And I still have 30 pairs. So, I, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it's more than it's more, it's about something else. It's more than that. And you, you talk about having 30 pairs of Jordans and I'm sure you have multiple pairs of another silhouette as well. Um, what, when yeah. did you actually catch the bug and what was it that made you be like, damn, um, or did, when did it become an obsession? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I, you know, the next sneaker I really remember wanting was the um, Jordan Five, the Raging Bull set. I remember okay. walking into a, a local store and it was like four hundred Canadian, three hundred US, and I was like, "Man, this is crazy!" I ain't, I'm not, you know, I'm not spending this money on on sneakers. That was two thousand nine, so a couple years after I graduated. But basically, in two thousand eleven, um, for me, it was, that's when I started. When I started kick steals, um, when we started getting more into sneakers and, and covering it all, that's my starting point, my origin story in a superhero sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember uh, 2011, I, I guess, shit, that was probably when, about the time when the Roshi run was starting to have its moment. Maybe it was the year after, but like I definitely had more Roshi runs than anyone should have in their collection in the uh -huh. year 2021 and i still have a, i still have like four or five that i treasure dearly the the yeezy fbs um some of the city pack i got the mid i got i got a couple of roshi runs i still fuck with that shoe i don't i i, I you know people clown it but i'm just kind of like it defined a couple years of sneakers it led to different models it kind of changed the game it was so cheap like Shit, I would love a shoe that's that affordable right now that would blow up and um, be a part of sneaker culture. We're all tied up in hype beast crap right now. So give me the fire GR any day. Yeah, and it would be your collection might might grow up. You know what I mean? If you still have a I bunch mean, of there's, them. There's there's eras to, to every every sneaker. You think it'll ever circle back, Nacho? Uh, the Roshi run is, I don't know, maybe. I mean, the Roshi run came back you know reincarnated as the adidas nmd later on so i mean it is what it is that that's that's i don't know i was never a big fan of the roshi run just because one i have a really wide foot 
And having a very big wide foot, it just they were it, I'm busting out the size of that bad boy. Man, so it, yeah. I, I just not 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 for me. They're comfy, like as far as like the sole and all that other stuff. But from the people who actually wore them or that have you know that because uh, obviously my friends wore them and stuff like that. Uh, I remember they weren't very durable because you know they're they're a pretty cheaply made shoe. I mean they're comfy and they they serve yep. their purpose. But you know that the sole wears out really fast and. If you're yep. walking with those bad boys in the rain, one, you're going to get soaked, and two, you're going to be slipping everywhere. Oh, man, I'm I'm on Google right now going through um, Roshi Run search terms, and I'm having all of the all of the best flashbacks. I don't, honestly, I don't, yeah, I fucking love this shoe. <laughs> it's a great yeah, it'll It'll probably come back at some point. Everything, that, that everything always bones, comes back. Bone posits yeah. and, and, and Roshi Runs, and, uh, and yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... You also so okay so you you had a, a Twitter right and it, you said it was called Kicks Deals, um which yeah which is basically I mean like I was pretty late to Twitter I I got on Twitter like last year okay or the year before so um especially like sneaker Twitter I think I follow like Soul Links was that kind of a similar thing where you guys kind of had like monitors that would post links to deals or or was it just kind of like a a culture um account? so. Kick- yeah, yeah. So Kickstealers started as um, we we were a website in our in our in our heyday of when like you know when people were going to websites and and not just looking at shit on on Twitter. We were doing like ten million pages a month. Um, we were getting a lot of traffic. We were kind of one of the earliest blog sneaker sites online, and it was just kind of like, well, here's where you can buy this Jordan or this Nike, and here's a coupon to get it for. 20% off the simple times, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, literally a decade ago. Um, and it involved into social media, right? Kickstealers has got half a million followers. So we're definitely the, the, the OGs in, in, in that space, but the game has evolved a lot. And that's what, that's, what's led me to, to doing what we do at soul savvy. Right. And if, if you could just expand a little bit on what, what it is that's, or basically how, how, how you, why you even began to start soul savvy? Like what, what kind of, or I guess for the people listening, cause we, I mean, yeah. we get a lot of, we, we have a, a sizable audience of sneaker enthusiasts, not yep. only on this podcast, but also on our, on our YouTube channel. Yep. And, um, and could you just kind of explain what soul savvy is and, and why um, somebody would want to do something like soul savvy? Yeah. Let me start with the why we started it. Um, cause I think that's important. So like, you know, all of the, the innovation in sneakers, all of the technology, all of the companies, everything we've seen the last five years has just been like reselling, right? Goat, StockX, Grailed, Bots, all the innovation, every all the money flowing through anything interesting in sneakers is happening in the, in the resale space, right? And that sucks, right? So what, that's, what that has led is to really build up a part of sneaker culture reselling has always been around sneakerheads have bought stuff from other people forever right it just you know you have something someone else wants you pay for them then you might have to pay a little bit of a premium it wasn't really a problem mm-hmm. um and there was a lot more community involved in that um like yeah I'll, I'll, I'll get you this in in japan and you know toss me 100 bucks but next, you know you're in la do the same for me and i'll toss you you 50 bucks or whatever it might be right like that was that happened on the forums um that just got taken away and it was really about like how much can we make someone pay for a shoe it was about the exploitation of the sneakerhead 
um, more than anything it was about the profits, right? And and that just frustrated the shit out of me. Um, and I hated it. I was like, it should not be this hard to buy sneakers. And it's gotten harder every single year. But that's that's what kind of helped start the company was the idea of like, how can we make it easier to buy sneakers for people? And there's no such thing as like 100% success. Not even a bot does that. But how can we make it more enjoyable? How can we give people a fair chance? And that's what we set out to, to, to do with SoulSavvy. I mean, that's what we built. And, and what came out of that was, you know, the tools and resources and the information you need to actually buy something that's going to sell out in a minute and buy it and beat a bot, right? I, th- right. I think most people don't have a clue. Um, when someone joins SoulSavvy, it's kind of like this, the analogy I make with new members, it's like, great, you have now been shopping online um, like a like a preschool student. You're absolutely clueless and you don't know what you're doing. And welcome to our PhD master's class in, in how to cop shoes on the internet. Um, and that's that's what we, we try to do for people. But we intertwine with like, community and, and the culture it's like these are real sneakers there's no resellers this is about people who love to wear their shoes and you know the struggles and the wins of all of that and everything in between is you know what we celebrate and not this other part of sneaker twitter or instagram where it's just kind of like you know flip this or how much is this going to resell for like that shit's stupid to me um it's yeah, just i think are, i think nacho he shares oh, the same, same sentiment He's got a lot to say about this this topic. This, guy, this guy's preaching to the choir with this one. I like this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the same mindset. You know what I mean? I'm I'm tired of it. You know, it actually burns you out in a sense. You know what I mean? It makes you absolutely. You know, you look at people who I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not gonna talk bad about anybody, but like you know, like I'll say you know before I could walk to a store or any store and I see somebody wearing a cool pair of shoes and I'll be like, hey man, those are cool. And we can actually have a legitimate conversation on why he, he likes the sneakers and all this other stuff. But now it's like, they look at you like whatever old man. And I'm just like, ah, you don't even know, you know, <laughs> like it's, it sucks. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, I, I like the, I miss the sense of community, you know, uh, every, like you said, reselling has always been around, but you know, just as you say, it's, it's, it's gotten so bad to the point where like, it's people who don't even care about, you know, the sneaker at all. They're just trying to make as much money as possible. They're ruthless yeah. out there, bro. Ruthless. Ab- yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 it's just like, I hate that members come to us. Like a lot of people we sign up as members come to us. They're like, I'm fucking sick of this. I, I don't want to be a sneakerhead anymore. And I'm like, yo, slow it down. We can help with this. We can bring the joy back into your life. Um, cause no one should feel like that. And that, that exploitation is what get, brings people to the edge and no, no culture, no category, nothing should be subject to that feeling, right? Like I understand, you know, consumerism and capitalism and all that shit, but there's a tipping point and we've definitely stepped past it in sneakers. Like yeah. ticketing got to that point. And people were so frustrated on such a mass scale that they put in law, legislation mm-hmm. into the Senate around stopping bots, right? The Better Online Ticketing Sales Act is what it's called. Um, and, you know, in the last year, we've seen like PS5s, um, computer graphics cards, sports cards, uh, switches, obviously. Trading cards has always kind of been part of, of that culture, but definitely. Um, Tell but, us about tequila like, bottles. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but just, but honestly, like if, if, you know, when the pandemic broke out, there was people trying to resell masks 
and, and hand sanitizer. Cold. Um, like there's, there's like, this is, this is to me, it's stupid. No one should have to work their whole week, work very hard to then go buy something that they want to be told, Hey, actually, no, you can't have it. But if you do really want it, I'm going to charge you a 50% markup um, because I bought it just for the sole reason of exploiting you as a person, right? It's like, could you imagine if Apple didn't keep making iPhones and when they sold out the first day, that was it? Like iPhones would be worth like $7,000, right? but supply and demand brand, the brands have a lot of, I don't want to get into too, too deep of a no, what's wrong with the industry and how to fix it situation. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to fix. Um, and I think that'll take some time, but I'm hoping we're at the the forefront of that. Yeah. I remember during the pandemic, um, the gyms closed and I was trying to find like uh, some dumbbells or something for the house. And yep. uh, it, dude, they were like 800 bucks. So it was so easy for me to just be like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just not going to work out. Yeah. yeah that dumbbells were. That was my I re- excuse. Yeah. I remember when the pandemic first broke out, members like, can you help us monitor for, for dumbbells? And I was like, what? Like, yeah, we can't work out anywhere. So we want to buy it and it's all selling out. And I'm like, oh my God. But that's the thing, right? Like the fact that we needed to use technology to help people know instantly when dumbbells were available says there's something wrong with the system. And For that's sure. what's happening in sneakers, right? Like that's why 100%. I say to people, like as a regular sneakerhead, you don't have a chance. You have zero chance of buying the shoe that you want this weekend if it's going to sell out without us because you're fighting people using bots using tons of technology and who understand what's going on in the system and that's what we're trying to fix we want to educate people empower them and like i don't mind losing on a drop i don't mind losing to you guys you know if it's a fair level playing field but i don't want to lose to the shithead um 14 year old yeah (laughs) with his mom's credit card yeah running a copy of, of cyber and like look to the 14 year old kid who's listening to this and it's gonna tell me to go f myself um just like stay out of our culture, you know, stay at just literally go take, take that hard work and that ethic that you are putting into this and put it towards something else. Um, that's my, that's my dad rant of the podcast. I'll stop. And Dihan, it's refreshing to hear you talk about like, cause you know, you come from, you're like a sneakerhead and you, you obviously passionate and you have conviction around this. And, um, uh, but like, and this is like with no disrespect at all, but like, what what is the difference between Soul Savvy and say like a cook group that you pay for, or like a Discord community that kind of like, kind of mm. provi- provides that? I mean, it's a, it's a little. I've been in cook groups and stuff. Um, yeah, it wasn't for me. They're but, terrible, um, right? It's like the worst place on earth. <laughs> they're terrible, and they're like they're they pick on you, and uh, if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like you get clowned, and, and yeah, it's not it's not a safe place. It's also very sketchy. You know what I mean? It's so, like the dark web. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the dark web. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple, a couple points on that. Obviously um, we're a no resale company. It's in our terms of service. Um, resale is a crazy gray area. In my opinion, it's not like black and white. Yes or no. Um, but there's a differentiator. And, and to me, it's like, if you operate an Instagram or a Poshmark or an account where you have all your sneakers listed and you're selling them consistently, you're probably a reseller. Um, so we don't allow any resellers to join. We keep it to, to actual sneaker collectors or enthusiasts, whatever word you want to say. And we do make it a safe place, right? Like it's a community of people with like their real names and their photos of themselves who are engaging and talking about these things and who are polite and civil. There's no, like, there's not a huge difference. Yeah. There's not that toxicity of, of, um, of, uh, you know, just the internet sometimes and, and discord. Right. And, Again, our goal is to help you buy the shoe that you want to wear, not 
help you buy shoes to resell. So it's like a, just a, a, you know, a, a mission and vision that's drastically different from a cook group is the ideology, I guess, kind of the same. We're trying to help you buy shoes. Sure. But um, the, the, again, the, the purpose behind that and the people behind it are, are, are drastically different. And um, again, we're just trying to make sneakers fun again. Just makes like who's fighting for sneakerheads. Like, is like, seriously, I, I, we are the only company that's out here. Like, yeah, we're going to help you. Right. Um, and through, by way of, by way of like, you guys have just like how you, how you had with uh, kicks deals. Yeah. You guys are, are like, you guys have a, a, like fast monitors and you guys have the, the, tutorials the on like, on yeah. how, like, how do you compete with a bot with another bot? Like, do you train no, people on how no, to use no. bot? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so like kicks deals never had never had monitors it's kind okay. of like a newer thing i don't think soul links is is doing any of that and either way like the thing the different like sneaker twitter as the whole someone has to see the information take it put a tw- put it into a tweet and hit send you're already like 15 to 20 seconds behind right True. and then you have to get that notification you have to see it you have to click it um the way the technology works is and this is something that's used in bots so like, how does a bot buy sneakers? Um, it automates the whole process. And what it automates is I'll find it. I'll add it to cart in this, you know, how you've told me to add it to cart. So the size, I'll take it to checkout. I'll take it to payment and I'll order it. That's what a bot does. And it does that like as much as it can. Um, the difference over the last couple of years is like stores have bot protection. So like you turn on a switch, you're stopping bots. Um, there's varying degrees of success to that. Foot Locker has... hard time with that um (laughs) shopify does a great job with it um that's why like the ama manier drop that's coming up um i feel i feel great about you know the union drop that's going to happen this summer i I feel great about because they're going to have the best bot protection so for us um what we did was we took out the the best parts of a bot without exploiting the system right that's the problem with bots they exploit the system by checking it out for you so you know we help you find the sneaker instantly with a one click you can take your size and add it to your cart and then it's up to you to finish the transaction. So like you start it with like a human touch which is like, Oh yeah, I want that thing. Right. We help you expedite you in the process. Um, and then you finish the transaction, um, by paying. So the start and the finish of that is, is human versus a bot. There's, there's no interaction there. It's just, just straight through. It's automated. And that's how we, that's how we help. Right. Like, if a bot's going to check out in a minute, we got to help you check out in a minute. It's 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 a time race, right? So if you're waiting for someone to send you the link or tweet you the link, you're 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 behind, right? You're fighting a fight you're never going to win. You're starting the 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 race late. Um, whereas our users, you know, that thing drops in a second, you have it. And to add to the whole cook group thing, like I've been in the industry, I've been in the industry for for ten years, so. Um, like I can actually make phone calls and and talk to stores and, and brands and um, they know who I am and what I stand for, which is like, I'm not going to resell. So, um, you know, we have actual information, not like I found shit on the internet because I, you know, skimmed, tossed some guy 500 bucks to tell me when the Travis Scott's are dropping on the 30th. <laughs> like yeah. um, there's, there's, there's a real company behind this um, with a real purpose and a mission that again, it's, to, it's not about exploiting people. Yeah, and I, I remember the union drop last year. I actually copped a pair of the guavas. Yeah, and it was it was, a, it was like, yeah it was a big drop, and it was like a big moment, and it was a kind of like mm-hmm. a it was kind of a win because so many people were able to cop, and so many 
I guess resellers were like frustrated because they couldn't because the bot protection was executed. You, it was it was executed very well, right? Yeah. Could you imagine spending five thousand, ten thousand dollars on a bot, and then a couple thousand dollars on proxies and 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 IPs and all this shit to come away with nothing or even one? You know, like I think that's the part of the thing that frustrates me with the internet is like we glorify botting and reselling like it's just easy. Obviously, there some people can make money, but like it's not like fire up a bot, hit a couple buttons, and like watch the money roll in. Um, it's hard, and you're gonna take a lot of L's, and you're gonna spend a lot of money, and it's getting harder every day because again, someone someone else is trying to resell because they heard it was it was easy, right? Um, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely not. And Nacho, I know that you don't really like they say. I know you're like you you haven't fucked with cook groups and you haven't fucked with bots and that kind of stuff. So just to like paint a picture for you it's basically like fucking you know like when you're on your phone and everything like auto fills for you sometimes yeah because it knows your history or whatever it's basically like that but like fucking 20 times faster and it's like sophisticated as hell and they cost like eight thousand dollars to to rent like not even buy you know you bots rent resell now which is hilarious yeah. to and me. bots resell and it, and yeah. they're also limited there's like drops and you got to like wait for the drop to try to get it and well, you know if everyone could, if everyone had the same copy of a bot, that's, would it work? Would actually, it work? <laughs> you know, and that's a good point. I, and yeah. like, I, I was actually going to ask you that next, like as a business model, yeah. like, are, do, uh, are you worried at all about that? Like, like, are you ever worried that Nike's going to be like, all right, um, like we solved the bot, like we don't want this anymore. Like it, this is bad for our business. This is bad for our look. Should, you know, we're, we're releasing like a public bot that everybody's allowed to use and it's user-friendly and everybody could figure it out and now the floor has been leveled do you ever worry about things like that or or, or what do you think about that no um to be polite that's the dumbest idea ever <laughs> that, that's like that's like that's like fighting that's like fighting guns with more guns like that's not the solution to the problem right like yeah, no, no, that would be, oh my God, that would be terrible because you would have a, so if Nike made a bot that would allow it to work on on their own site, why not just make the site better for humans and eliminate the use of bots, right? And I think Nike is getting there. Like, I don't know if you've noticed the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot more draws. Um, that 10 minute window, it allows them to filter, right? Versus the normal drop cycle is two minutes. You got to figure out a lot of shit in two minutes to make it work. When you have 10 minutes, you can go, okay, we're looking for this, this, this parameter. These are the minimum thresholds people need to meet, meet. When we're drawing the winners, let's shorten the pool to this, do one more check, and then output the winners, right? So like, they've been doing a lot more draws since the Anne Hebert thing happened, and they were under fire for all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I'm, I don't know for sure, but like, my educated guess would be like, they feel that it's a better system for them. And they got to improve the regular drop cycle because they uh, you know on they didn't they didn't know what they were getting themselves into with sneakers app like they made this beast of a platform that defines the sneaker industry and who gets to buy what and it was by accident right so like mm -hmm. they didn't they were not prepared for you know to quote Kanye to have all that power like this is <laughs> they control everything through there for sure yeah and yeah, and 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 it, yeah, it can it can't get get out of hand. At sometimes, like recently, a, a few days ago, um, 
everybody saw that the probably the biggest news in sneakers was that uh, Vanessa Bryant and Nike released a statement saying that they were aren't going to continue the uh, releasing Kobe's uh, yeah. with Nike and kind of alluded to like if if there's a kid you know who who wants a pair of of Kobe's they should be able to cop a pair and um, you know I mean yeah. Nike I, I I don't know how. And um, and we're t- everybody's just kind of theorizing that you know that's why she she didn't renew the contract or whatever because mm-hmm. Nike kind of wanted to stick to their guns and they wanted to keep things exclusive and and she just felt like that was wrong. She wants every everybody to have a pair. Every, if you want a pair of Kobe's, you should be able to get a pair of, of the Grinches or whatever. You know what I mean? And yep. um, and she's also voiced that previously on her Instagram stories, like around the release of that shoe. And uh, w- what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we just not to plug our own podcast, but we just talked about it for an hour. Um, the 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 long summary, really short, is that was a really hard thing to deal with. Like, I don't think most people are aware of the fact that um, you know the brands spend 12, 16, 18 months, twenty four months sometimes preparing for these drops. So, like, you know, his passing, like they had they couldn't do anything about it. Like, twenty twenty was done half of 2021 was probably done. Um, they had put in the orders materials, the production was in place. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to change that add on a pandemic. And it's just like, it's impossible to adjust those plans. So his passing, it went from like, I mean, the reality is like people weren't buying his shoes. Like they, they were, but they weren't selling out. They weren't reselling. They were easy to get prior to prior to his passing. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it went from like, yeah, okay. This is, we we made we're making enough. Great, perfect. We're making enough shoes. It's selling out. It's not sitting. It doesn't have to go on sale. This is the perfect balance to, oh shit, <laughs> right. This right. is terrible. And um, obviously, um, the helicopter crash was tragic in every regard. But um, from a dynamic, from a release dynamic standpoint, like it up, upended everything. It went from we have enough to we're like we're missing ninety percent of what we need to supply the demand. And a lot of people blame Nike for that. There's nothing they could have done other than just been like, we're canceling all the all the Kobe releases until we figure this out. Which also is just like, you can't do that. You're, you're burning money. And who wants to buy a shoe that was been sitting in a warehouse for two years? Um, mm-hmm. You know, who knows what happened to that? So it's hard. I understand where the Bryant camp is coming from. Um, I think overall, it was the right thing to do for both sides. I don't think... I think right now the, the best thing is to like take a step back, take a breather, evaluate the situation and decide what's the best to do for everyone versus just trying to come to a deal to come to a deal. Cause no one's happy with Kobe drops. Like it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Stores, stores get 12 pairs. You know, I know stores that got 16 pairs of the Grinches. Like are you 16 pairs? I'd own 16 pairs just to have them stacked up in my house. Cause like, that's such an awesome shoe. You're talking about one entire store getting 16 pairs. So the dynamics were all just so messed up. And then, you know, I don't think you you can figure that out very quickly. So I think Vanessa just being like, yo, we need to stop this. Own the Bryant. They need to own all that stuff. I I personally think they're going to look at everything. They're going to, they obviously have all the trademarks. They're going to figure out how do we control Kobe's legacy? And we have a say in everything. Mm -hmm. And when they figure that out, they go, okay, Nike, now we're ready to do the mama drops through you guys, but here are our rules. They need to, they need to control that. And, you know, trying to renegotiate a contract from five years ago, prior to his passing, like that's just, that's impossible. Um, yeah. So I'm, that's actually smart it, on her end. 
yeah yeah i think it sucks but like it's probably it's it's for the best in my opinion for sure and D- david can you imagine if um if if they went with adidas and they started retroing those adidas again because they got you know they got jerry lorenzo over there how would you feel about that because i know you're a big adidas guy I mean, Adidas doesn't really care because they already retroed all those Kobe's anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It would just feel weird, I guess, because, you know, Nike, he was with Nike for so long. I mean, the Adidas years were the early years, obviously. But in reality, I, I feel like he only had really like two really memorable pairs. The one that's inspired by the Audi and then the Crazy 8. So that's just, I don't know. It would just feel weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd rather them just, just, you know, either her start her own brand or whatever, or, or go back with, you know, on like, you like, like he was saying on, 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 on their terms, you know what I mean? On, on, on her terms, as far as like what they want to do, but I don't know. I think the Kobe should just stay just dead right now. It's too early, man. Yeah. It's, still it's, too just, early. it's, it's, yeah. it's really hard, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Dihan, um, can you talk to us more about like uh, just being, like well, I mean, you guys have been a company for how long now? About four years, three years? Um, no, we're uh, two, two, two years, and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Talk to me, like, what it's like having a startup, and um, and being in a in a market that's just so dynamic and so it just it changes so quickly and evolves so quickly. Like, what what is that like as a uh, as a uh, not only as a as a sneakerhead but also as like a businessman and a ceo of a bunch of employees yeah that's been an adjustment we have we have a team of 31 now that's awesome um yeah i mean look it's it comes with its with its challenges right there's no just straight up um a lot of people look on the outside and go oh success success it's just this one linear line all the way to the top it's far from that right there's valleys valleys and peaks through all of that so um it comes with its challenges but all you know with anything that you do in life you just got to keep pushing and, and working harder and persevering. You can't just give up when things get a little bit hard. Um, and in sneakers, it's very dynamic and it's very challenging. And that's what we're trying to figure out, right? We want to plant our, our tent pole and um, solidify who we are and what we stand for and fight that good fight. Because like I said, no, no one's really doing that for, for, for sneaker heads and a lot of work goes into it. Um, it's fun and challenging and rewarding and, um, I mean, I love what I do. So, I mean, I have no complaints. I can um, work seven days a week because it's fun to me, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a lot easier when you love the thing that you are doing. I couldn't imagine running a company and starting a company about something like I didn't like live and breathe. Like mm-hmm. I, that would be, oh my God, that would be so miserable to me. You couldn't yeah. pay me to do that. I'd Some rather people just, do that, man. No, I could. I, yeah. If I'm going to invest this much time in something, I got to fucking love it. Right. hundred percent. Can you... Um, what would have been your guys' biggest moments in the past uh, couple of years for you personally? Um, I mean, just I mean, you know, there's 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 moments along the way that like now don't feel as big, but at the time felt like a lot, right? Like when we launched, we had our we had a, a like a launch event party in an art gallery in Toronto, and like a hundred people showed up. That was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, when we first launched, we had four hundred people sign up. Like that was crazy. I didn't think four hundred people were going to sign up. Right, every milestone we've hit feels like something special. Um, Twenty nineteen, we we worked with Unbanned um, 
the legend of the Jordan one documentary. And we, we did three screenings in um, Vancouver, LA and, and um, Vegas. That was super fucking cool. Um, we were such a young company and to be a part of that a year in was, was amazing. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff along the way. Hosting an all-star party in Chicago was, was sweet. Um, there's something that literally conversation I had today that I'm so, so jacked up on um, that I wish I could just talk about, but I can't, right? And like, I know this is going to be a fun moment for us in the next 30 days. I'll get to share it with everyone, but hopefully it doesn't fall, <laughs> fall <laughs> apart. But like, there's cool things happening. And that's what happens when you're doing something good for the culture. And when you're, when your process is like, you know, we don't look at things through a, a profit lens. We look at it from an impact lens. Um, I think the rest of, you know, revenue comes from doing the right thing. And um, that's the focus I've tried to instill in, in the rest of the team. Awesome, man. I, and um, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, and you know, just, just to kind of, uh, just to kind of like make it fun and, and, and kind of like end this in a, in a kind of fun way, what have been some of your, your, your most recent pickups or what's like a sneaker release that's like you've been pumped about and that you've been like man i need to have that shoe or i need to that you've kind of actually like chased and maybe even paid even paid resale for it as much as you know we hate being resale but are we recording the video for this or no yeah we we are are. okay go go for it go for it okay this these bad boys oh nice from 35 those are nice man so these those are crazy these are the jordan 35 um paris um numbered out of a thousand i have 636 it looks like i'm reading it backwards these are beautiful in hand mm-hmm. um these randomly dropped on nike canada at three in the morning i was asleep um one of my staff shout out to Braden. he picked up two pairs of these um in the middle of the night and gave me this pair for retail i didn't even think these were going to be possible to get unless you lived in Paris. I don't know why they ended up on Nike Canada. Someone at Nike made a mistake, but it shipped, it showed up. Um, they're amazing. They're st- stupid limited. Um, yeah. One of 1000. That's why it was just like on the, on the Nike site. Yeah. Just randomly dropped on Nike.ca in the middle of the night. Um, no one knew. No, they didn't say anything. Um, yeah. Amazing sneaker. I'm a great add to my collection. I have, 500 pairs of shoes and so i'm like pretty particular now when i add something to the to the closet because i i don't have space Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm not trying to get divorced before 35 (laughs) um so so when i do add something to to the rotation um i want it to be i want it to be really worthwhile and that that can be a jar like i've been i bought a couple um harachis right now because um i don't have any in my collection and they're so comfortable and th- i mean the color rays they're coming out right now are, are fire so I, I have three pairs the og ones like the the green I ones bought, or... yeah so i bought the um i bought both from from the stussy collection oh yeah um, so nice yeah super comfortable great great shoes um and then i bought the like the forest mystic green the one just came out i haven't bought the ogs yet mm-hmm. um because i have three pairs so i'm just like i preferred the one i already bought over the og but i'm terrible so i have a thing of buying shoes in threes or sixes so i'm at three and i'm really not trying to make it six (laughs) 
No, we encourage you. This is a no, we're, we're no. Enablers, this is the <laughs> no. sneaker enthusiast podcast, right, David? No, I have. A... Yeah, the Harachis are are, are are a must have in any collection, you know, in any colorway in a sense. But you know, I mean, you got to have at least one OG in there. Yeah. You know? No, I know, I know, I know. I'm trying not to make it four and then five and six, but we will see what happens. Um, gotta be patient. Gotta be patient. So, 500 pairs in your collection. Just real quick, give us your top five if you can or three if you can i don't think you can so just give us your top um, five <laughs> no i mean you're still asking me to pick my favorite kids um right that's tough um i think my favorite shoe of all time is the planet racer um i have 33 pairs um, wow. every color i ever liked i i purchased i'm ready for the retro revolution as long as there's new colorways mm-hmm. um i need yeah, a pair. I, you don't have any fine racers? No, I need some. Oh man, yeah, oh, um, yeah, they're super narrow. Like I bear, I have wide feet too, and I barely fit in them. But like, they just work so good for me, and I, I, I love them. They're light. They're perfect for the summer. Um, they're they were affordable. I have too many pairs. I love Air Max nineties. Yeah, There's, I give you my top five silhouettes. That's a lot easier. Okay. Um, fine, <laughs> fine at racer Air Max ninety Jordan one, um, Jordan seven. <sighs> Ah, I don't know about next. I can't. The five, the five is uh, gonna be gonna be a tough one for me. Um, from there, yeah, I'm not gonna give you the fifth one. That's okay. I understand. But, I got asked. We got asked. We uh, er, earlier today we were interviewing Paul Litchfield, the uh, inventor of the pump. Yeah, and he randomly asked us like, "Yo, what are your top three sneakers?" And I was like, "Uh, should I say something Reebok yeah, I was, or what should I say?" Like, I was in the same way. I mean, luckily, one of my my top two of my top fives was you know Reeboks, but yeah, yeah but he he put me on the spot. It's kind of <laughs> no. hard as as a as a as a sneaker guy, you know. It's uh, like I don't know, like my top five switches, like it's real, you know. Like I don't know, last year I had a big thing with the Air Max One. And then I moved on from the Air Max one and now I'm moving back to like more like, you know, retro basketball sneakers and then I'll go back to runners and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't, I can't give you an exact shoe that it's like, this is my go-to. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know what my fifth would be now. Um, New Balance 992. That shoe yeah. is just perfect for my foot. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that shoe. Gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, I have uh, one too many pairs um, of those right now, but and the general yeah. releases are so good. Yeah, yeah I bought the I don't even uh, need collabs. Yeah, gray, blue, um, yellow, and gray, purple. <laughs> I bought them all. Yeah, the purple um, ones scale. are fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta have them. Gotta all collect. All right, Dion. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. I appreciate you taking the time to to of be course, on our no on our humble podcast. It was super fun, and mm-hmm. I, I was it was really fun learning more about um soul savvy. Something I've been curious about for a while. So. I appreciate having you on, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, guys. So that is going to do it for our show. We had a great time talking to Dihan. He's an awesome guy. So thank you to him for being on the show. Um, and thank, thank you to everybody who is listening, uh, whether you're listening on a bike, walking the dog, cleaning the house, doing your laundry, whether it's morning, whether it's noon, <laughs> whether it's the nighttime, whether it's 5 a.m., I don't know. Uh, I really, really appreciate you listening. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes, it would really, really help us out. Um, Leave us a a rating on iTunes. I would love to read it out here on the show. Um, Anybody who takes the time to do that, 
is a friend of mine so let's be friends <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh but seriously thank you thank you so much for listening i'm very grateful to you and uh, we will see you guys very soon with a new podcast and thanks for being patient i know we've been a little bit infrequent with the uploads so uh yeah i really appreciate it and we will catch you guys on the next one peace